0: but I do predominantly leave most play parties very self-conscious and very sad because I feel very alone at them. And it's not because I'm not interacting with people or having a good time, but I am normally not being picked to be a part of the play. But first, a word from our sponsors. The
1: Handy is leading a sex toy revolution for the dick havers. So you're going to want to get this one wrapped around your cock with free shipping when you use promo code BILLY20 at thehandy.com. Dogecoin to the moon? Ready to buy the dip? Start investing in cryptocurrency today with Coinbase. And you can get $10 worth of Bitcoin for free after signing up at manwhorepod.com slash crypto. Come on, how much longer is this fiat thing gonna last? now let's get to the show
0: welcome to the man or podcast
1: shout out to the silicone soldiers the backdoor patrollers and the dildo delinquents this is billy proceed and you are listening to the man whore podcast uh hey everybody welcome to the show this week on the pod i'm bringing back filmmaker dylan birdsall y'all might remember his past episodes promoting his documentary v card he's now working on a new project called more than monogamy and i can't wait to share my conversation with dylan in a little bit we got into a lot of man stuff together you know men ah uh, <laughs> for those of y'all new to the program though, I started this podcast in 2014 talking to women I'd hooked up with about sex, dating and why we didn't work out. But I like to think the show has expanded upon that premise, uh interviewing some of the leading sex and dating experts out there and interviewing blindfolded guys while he gets blowjobs from a bunch of women. I like to have a range. I was I did 3 uh, I did 3 open mics last week. That's 60% of the stage time I've done in 2021. I did an ambush comedy show back in March. That sucked. Not a fun time. I did a comedy contest at Mohegan Sun that I didn't tell any of you fuckers about because it's never good. I, it's just, it's never a good time. It sucked, but I was like, that was fun. It sucked, but it was fun. And, you know, it, it's one thing if I bombed and I didn't have a good time, I could maybe start thinking like, oh, maybe this isn't, this isn't the thing I want to do. But at some point in the middle of my set, I was trying to explain B-Vibe Toys, you know, the brand that just does butt toys. And all of a sudden, I found myself in like this Dane Cook Crouch, just being like, we got the ass. I'm just, I'm, I'm screaming, we got the ass to a bunch of strangers. What's wrong with me? And I was deep down in that squad thinking like two things. First, I was thinking act outs are embarrassing. And then the second thing I was thinking was, oh they are not buying this uh and then the third thing i was thinking three things and the third thing i was thinking was yeah but this is kind of fun this is what it's about so damning them back in so i'm uh, creeping back in the process I, but i the th- thing i think i miss so much about stand-up comedy and this is the needy bitch in me is that i miss having that live feedback interaction I do this podcast, and really the only way I know if I did a good or bad job is if you email me, is if you tweet about the show, if I see comments in the Discord channel, then I'm like, oh, I did a good one this week. And normally that was okay because I also had stand-up where I could get that immediate feedback loop. Whereas in podcasting, it's a longer wait time on that feedback, and sometimes that feedback doesn't even come. So I want to give you all another way, another opportunity, another f- way in which to interact with this podcast. So I've opened up a temporary phone number and voicemail line, and if you call in to leave a voicemail with a comment about that week's show, an advice question for me, a criticism about something I said, you just might hear your own voice right here on the Man Whore Podcast recordings do got to be under five minutes okay but uh, i'm gonna try that out for the next month and if y'all make a pretty good use of it i'll keep it around if you don't really use it i'll get rid of it very quietly so uh go ahead here's your chance get a pen and paper out if you're old and get a tiktok out if you're young so you can record this number i don't know what that meant take a tiktok out uh if you want (laughs) If you want to hear your voice on this podcast, if you want to interact with the show a little more intimately, leave us a voicemail. And us, it's me. It's just me here. Uh, leave me a voicemail at 646-580-1351. Again, that's 646-580-1351. Do be aware that any voicemail you leave may be played on this show. And I very much hope to hear from y'all. Uh, And and for the next month, I'll have the phone number in the show notes each week, uh, should you have not had a pen handy. For the sake of my self-esteem, please leave me a voicemail. Just how pathetic is that? Is that what it's like to date me? Kind of. Just a little bit. Uh, before we get into this week's show with Dylan Birdsall, we're going to do a fan whore appreciation moment because I like to appreciate the people who validate me and my humor, uh, not just with comments, but with dollars. I want to give a shout out right now to Rachel M. She uh, She came exclusively for the bonus episodes, but she... <laughs> She admits that the only bonus episodes she's ever listened to are with lesbian guests. I wonder what that's about. But thank you, Rachel, uh, for chipping in to the cause. And you too can become a member and receive a slew of great rewards and gain access to over 200 bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. Become a member today and support the man whore you love at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's P A T r-e-o-n dot com slash man whore podcast then was on the podcast back in 2016 you can go check that out wow that was so long ago and uh, in this episode you know we're talking a lot about confidence and masculinity and sex and the importance we place as a society on sex and the damage that that does to people in this particular instance dudes uh, we'll see the reactions for this one. I'm very curious what they will be. I'll definitely be checking the voicemail. Remember 646-580-1351 for your comments on this one. You know, with Dylan, I was I was trying to sit there and be a supportive friend and interviewer because here's the thing. I think there are a lot of guys who like are this guy. And I think even more guys are one of these things that Dylan displays in this episode, in this conversation. Lack of confidence, being heavy or uh, not conventionally attractive, being sexually inexperienced, being depressed, being terrified of women. And being terrified of women because you don't want to hurt or harm women and you may not totally understand what that is anymore this guy at times this kind of becomes a heart-wrenching conversation but i think it's a good one for dudes to be having with other dudes uh but yeah we'll we'll see if the if the women feel bad about dylan in this one or if they roll their eyes i'm not sure can't wait to find out let's go catch up with my buddy dylan Birdsall. i see you over there staring watching looking so intrigued but so confused Are you crypto-curious? Yes, I'm telling you about the cryptocurrency exchange app Coinbase. Crypto? Billy, I thought this was a sex and dating podcast. Yeah, well, sluts like to make money too. And Coinbase makes it super simple and easy for me to invest in my various cryptocurrencies of choice and watching my money go to the moon. So if you've just been a little crypto curious, let me try to give you an incentivization. I don't even know if incentivization is a real word. Coinbase is willing to give you $10 worth of Bitcoin on the house after you make your first $100 of investments when you sign up for the app at manhorpod.com slash crypto. So again, get $10 in Bitcoin after your first $100 of crypto investment when you sign up today at manhorpod.com slash crypto. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by The Handy. I got an email from Joanne at The Handy the other day. We like Joanne. She's wonderful. And she says, Billy loved the latest ad read. Phew! And just wanted to give you a little more information on the scripting side of things. At the moment, any handy user is able to experience the video synchronization aspect through a seamless integration with our video content partners. They have a mixture of normal, flat porn videos and VR content partners. So if you're one of those VR headset freaks, the handy VR combo is so lifelike, uh, we might just have to insert a feeding tube into you because there's no way you're going to get up after that. You're just going to get milked. Ooh, 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 so dry. I've already got a video queued up uh, for after this ad read is over and I can take my handy out. It's called I Make You Come Twice, starring London Licks. And, uh, you know, I go with that one because, you know, for the same price, I get to come twice. And I can sync that to my handy. My handy is going to know how London is stroking in the video. Anyway, folks, get free shipping when you buy your handy with promo code BILLY20. Again, go to the H-A-N-D-Y, dot com, and use promo code BILLY20.
0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
1: sitting for your doc i was just like am i not funny because that's that's what that whole me being like i just need him to twitch an eye so i can be like i add some sort of involuntary physical reaction on him well i
0: I (laughs) think that's the thing is like you gave a great interview which by the way should we do the should we do the introduction of this do you do introductions
1: yeah i'll (laughs) eventually say we're here with dylan birdsall the 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 filmmaker of v card a film i was heavily cut out of (laughs) I mean, you're not necessarily wrong. <laughs> um, I just, uh, you know, I think I had, I had questions. I was like, okay, cool. I'll have Dylan back on. Uh, and I was like, I want to cover this. But like really the first thing I was like, why am I, how can I be a better interviewee? <laughs>
0: I Honestly, at the end of the day, when it comes to documentaries, uh, and a lot of people don't necessarily realize this, like the editing process for docs is, is huge, right? It's It's normally about a year to shoot and about a year to edit. So like the editing process is even more important than probably the footage that you're getting to a certain degree. Cause you're really crafting the story in the editing room. Yeah. And most interviews don't even like, if there is a minute of somebody in a movie, that means they gave like the best interview of their life. Or there's only a couple of people in the movie really, because like at the end of the day for V card, we interviewed 127 different people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and about 89 of them made it into the movie. So at least Um, you were in it. I was in the top 89. Yeah. (laughs) And then at at the end of the day, your segment, which was just kind of like asking comics about their sex life, was a really funny moment in the movie, but it was like, I don't know where else to put this. I I mean, I also,
1: I don't think I gave you the best material to work with.
0: You gave a good interview. I would say out of all of the comedians that we interviewed that night, uh, Corinne was definitely the funniest and had the best advice and stories overall yeah. truly so it was like one of those things where but even she's in, in the movie for i think 40 seconds yeah. in total <laughs> uh, yeah i definitely like it was a uh, I remember because you wanted to know the,
1: like the how i lost the virginity story mm-hmm. and i didn't have that tight i didn't no, know you that. did I not me, i did not. that
0: story rambled very oh. badly
1: <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate the on- you-
0: i finally found the honesty there it is you 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 had some very funny answers to stuff but that story you rambled your way around it and like at a certain point you can cut stuff but we were only shooting with one camera at the time so when you're doing a one camera shoot you don't have another angle to cut to to make the story tighter so if you cut the story up it just looks like somebody going like "Eh, uh, uh, it looks Uh, like youtube jump cut yeah it doesn't look good (laughs) so at that point i was like well i guess i can't Use this.
1: <laughs> um So and how and was I was the reception? So I went to one of one of your screenings of V card. Correct. I, very I, much I, ble-
0: it. I believe you went to Kink, right? I went to Cinikink. I won. I won best documentary feature at that festival. Hey, which is pretty cool,
1: buddy. Um,
0: yeah, no. The V card for those of you who don't know, I've been on Billy's podcast twice now. This is making the third time we. What was you know, the second time? I, you know, you had your own episode,
1: which it, was fun because. Okay, let me. I'll reveal that in a moment. But to yeah. what was the other time? Did I just have you for a
0: little thing, to promo? No, we we did one episode while I was filming. Okay. We did one episode after the film. Had oh, did come we do out. a bonus? Yeah, I think that's what we did. Okay, we did, and then now I'm here for the third one. Gotcha. Um, but uh, Billy's seen me through an interesting period of my life. Honestly, uh, <laughs> fucking huh. <laughs> So like when
1: you were on V-Card hadn't like really come out out yet fully Correct. but you were like so when you know before my part of my pre-interview process I was like, anything off limits I want to respect boundaries Yeah. and you were <laughs> just like we can't tell people that I'm no longer a virgin. Right. Yeah, there was one we of the things We can't break that news.
0: So in the process of filming V-Card, once again, movies take a long time to make people. They're a long process. So when I finished filming V-Card, about seven months had gone by. Which we should
1: say it was about you being a, a virgin in your mid-20s.
0: Correct. Yeah, the, the whole premise of the movie was that I was very upset uh, about my virginity. I didn't know how to like express what I wanted sexually, and I felt like a failure as a man because I hadn't had sex, which I think a lot of people can recognize and kind of deal with. And of course, at that same time, the incel movement was just starting to like gain traction inside America. And I didn't think I was an incel, but you know what? If I didn't have the amazing family and friends that I do have, mm-hmm. I could easily see how somebody would go down that path, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody is validating you, even if it's strangers on the internet and telling you that you're loved and that you're seen, that's how any gang recruits its members, right? And that's mm-hmm. how I view the incels. It's I feel really bad for them because I know exactly how they feel and I know that they didn't get the support that they needed they found a darker more nefarious way to kind of fill that hole in themselves
1: we probably all you me and an incel probably all googled the same thing and clicked on various links and some people ended up down that dark hole yeah that that also makes me sad
0: no yeah it makes me because obviously incels are Topic for fodder and topic for hate. And obviously, they have done I things. I guess they're people. Yeah, they have done things that are unspeakable, right? Like Elliot Roger and all this. That is awful and unconscionable. But on the other hand, they are people. And they're people who are, like you said, so very close to who we were that if you can't recognize that within yourself and feel some form of empathy and sadness for what they've gone through, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Like, those are dudes who are hurting, really badly and they didn't find any solace except in this awful form that ruined them to a certain degree mm. and it makes me it really, it really does it hurts me it's like it it's crazy to think how close i came to that without even realizing it i
1: don't remember incels really being in v card right like they are that, not right so so if, is that something you were learning about in the years after v card came out you know were you sitting and pondering on that
0: absolutely so funnily enough uh right Near the end of us filming, I had somebody from the Atlantic had heard about V-Card, and they were like, is this a film about incels? And at that point, I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what incels are. Yeah. And he and he kind of explained it to me, and he's like, okay, well, we're doing a piece on them, but this doesn't sound like that, so have a good day. Oh, damn. So once he said that to me, I looked it up. And of course, this is like, like I said, V card was like right on the forefront of incels becoming main popular stream Mm -hmm. stuff in the media. Elliot Roger hadn't done anything yet. People were just kind of finding out what red pill and black pill were. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, of course, once I found out about it, I was like, Oh my God, this, this is kind of relevant to me. I don't agree with what they're saying, but like I said, if if I didn't have the support system in my life, I could so easily see how that becomes very appealing, right? Mm-hmm. To blame women for your inability to connect with yourself, right? And mm-hmm. kind of be a more fully formed person. That's really what the movement is about, right? It's about blaming others for your inability to see the flaws within yourself and then work on those flaws. Yeah. and. I kind of – it got put on the back burner, really, because, like, at that point, we were very close to finishing V-Card. I didn't have plans on including, like, an incel segment in it because I didn't know. Like, it would be very disingenuous of me, right, to shoehorn something in that I had just literally learned about, like, a week ago
1: into this movie. (laughs) It's also difficult because, like, I've been trying for years. I I would love to speak to, like, an incel influencer – but mm. I don't even know who that is like I can't find like the guy Yeah, you well, know what I mean
0: and also there's always this fear right of like you don't want to necessarily promote their ideas or, or do like a Joe Rogan right where you're just like here are the facts <laughs> and it's like are they facts bro like, I don't know I think
1: it's fine to talk to people talk, the whole concept of platforming I'm always, I am I kind of roll my eyes at because at the end of the day it's like it's never about like literally did you interview someone because ABC News interviews Bashar al-Assad who yeah I guess genocide, true right so yeah. like if we can have have genocide people on an interview i think we can talk to anyone it's how we do it do we let Assad just like kind of steamroll and be like i mean they are kind of cockroaches i do and joe rogan's like i don't know that might be a point bro yeah <laughs> i do like, think
0: there's a point of accountability and those are tough uncomfortable conversations yeah. and if you're willing to have them i love amazing. tough uncomfortable
1: conversations um i talk it, to my
0: ex <laughs> so like you finally lose
1: your virginity you finally have sex and like the first time you got sad afterwards did like part of you go i thought that was gonna fix
0: it well the crazy thing was like So I lost my virginity. We were about uh, eight months or six months into editing V card. So movies finished. We're heavily. We're about halfway done with the edit of the film.
1: And like just to give people, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, but like the the film does end in this like ambiguous.
0: Yeah. The film, the film ends with me being a virgin, but having accepted it and starting to love myself a little bit more and understanding that sex is not like the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to like, accept and find love within yourself. Mm -hmm. which I think is a really beautiful way to end the movie actually like it's it's this really poignant way of saying that if you can find solace in who you are as a person you don't necessarily need to be fulfilled by other people which is very difficult though right like as a society we keep telling people that relationships and things are what you need to be fulfilled you need these objects or these people to be validated and it's very hard to overcome that that mindset right and I'm still dealing with it to this day we're about to Get into it as well. Like getting into the lifestyle didn't necessarily fix any of these issues. Mm-hmm. It only maybe exasperated some of them in some ways as well. Um, By the way, if the movie—not your real life—but if the film had ended with you losing your virginity, God,
1: and God forbid, in some sort of like forced, convoluted way, I think that would have been disappointing. As yeah, like absolutely, a viewer. I would be like. I mean like good for him, but you know yeah, it, Is that the point? That was not my story,
0: right? Yeah. Like my story was different. And so after But you did tell me off mic after we did the your
1: normal episode. Uh you did tell me the story. So can you can Dylan,
0: how did you lose your virginity? <laughs> so I lost my virginity in what I think could arguably be one of the best ways. Uh, So we were promoting the film. Uh, We had some speakers and some other people, and uh, one of the women who was there that night, we kind of hit it off. uh, Like She was interested in the film, and she kind of liked me, and then I was like, hey, you seem really cool. Maybe we should go... Would you like to go get a coffee sometime, you know, just to get to know one another a little bit better. So we met up and, and kind of got to talking and she told me her story. She was in a polyamorous relationship with her partner and was also a sex educator at NYU and had really done a lot of work on herself and knew herself very well sexually. And so I got to talk to her and she seemed like somebody who I was looking for, right? Like somebody who could teach me how to better understand what I wanted sexually. So I very bluntly asked her, I was like, Hey, I don't want to be weird about this, but would you potentially like to take my virginity out? I, I think that you would be an amazing person to lose my virginity to, And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh my God, that's just am- like that. Yeah. That's amazing. Just asked. Yeah. Just asked. I was very <laughs> cognizant
1: of it. Would you, would you recommend other people just say like, Hey, you know, I think, would you like to take my virginity?
0: <laughs> I think you need to build up the trust to a certain degree. I mean, I was also, putting myself out there in a big way, right? Like, I make this whole movie about it. Everybody knows at this point that I'm making the film, that, like, how I met her was through promoting the film, you know? So it's not one of those things where, like, I wouldn't recommend saying, hey, I'm a virgin, can you take my virginity to somebody that you just meet, right? Like, not the most tactful way to do it. But at this point, I had done a lot of work on myself throughout making the film, and kind of seeing myself on camera changed my perception of myself. I didn't realize how, like self-destructive I was being like watching yourself be awful to yourself is a really good form of therapy actually Mm. really shows you how uh, your self-defeating mindset like manifests itself into the real world without even you realizing it so at that point did some work understanding was great so we set a date to have sex we do it's fun (laughs) (laughs) I would say that like at the end of the day, I had a beautiful experience with her, and that was so deeply rewarding and fulfilling, but I can't deny that after I had sex, I was like, God, I can't believe I put so much pressure on myself to do this, and it was fun and amazing and a really great time, but it didn't change my world, really. It didn't It didn't have the same emphasis that it once did when I was so worried about it, mm-hmm. because of course it doesn't, because in your own mind, you had made it a monolith, Right. And I think the way we all do that. We do it with relationships. We do it with women and men and jobs and all these things. We turn them into things that are unattainable and out of reach because if we tell ourselves that they are that, it makes it a lot easier when we get rejected or hurt or all these other things. It allows us to view them as something as an other instead mm. of something that's very tangibly real and has consequences and feelings.
1: And how, how were the mechanics of the first sexual encounter?
0: Uh, They were okay. I mean, I'm definitely, uh, I've been lucky enough now to have sex with, I think, six or eight people. It's one of the two. Uh And my dick game is not great. I'll admit. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've had enough experience or practice to really be good at the, like, physical mechanics of sex. Why don't you think
1: you were, you're good at the physical mechanic?
0: I know that, well, I mean, because I, I am still a little awkward with my body. Okay. I, uh to be very honest, I don't have the largest penis and obviously that doesn't matter, mm. but with the size of my stomach and stuff sure. like that, there are other physical limitations that come into play when you are playing with somebody, right? Like, yeah. if there you're, are better
1: positions yeah, to do better, than others. Yeah, for there are
0: definitely yeah. better positions that well suit. Like doggy is much better for me than, um, like, missionary sometimes mm. because it just allows me more access to like stand up and do stuff so that my stomach and like fupa don't kind of get in the way of yeah. the pleasure that I'm trying to have and I've also found that when women are on top that is not the best for me I actually find it kind of painful to a certain degree I also have uh, I didn't realize this at the time but I have a lot of issues with uh, ED mm. not so much from the physical I get very self-conscious I very much start even even when i know that i'm with somebody who finds me attractive i start getting very worried that are they enjoying it is this happening mm-hmm. and then once all of those emotions start to happen of course your dick is just like bye i as i realize that my my dick game might not be the most <laughs> Poignant in the world, I got really good at fingering and eating out. Mm. Like, I would say that boy. I'm a champion pussy eater at this point. Not to toot my own horn, uh, but I've been every time I've been with somebody that has been the main compliment. And it has also been to date, I've had two women who have never squirted before squirt directly in my mouth from what ah, I was doing. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I
0: have to take that as some form of like, I must be doing something, right? I imagine. I think you can take that as yeah, a guess right. For, Yeah, right. And yeah. like you said, yeah, the shaking, the backing away, like too much. The involuntary muscle
1: spasms, yeah. not the moaning, not the words you say, the things that are harder to fake, yeah. not shaking your leg, like a spasm, right? Like yeah, those like things, them. You know, you're doing a good job.
0: Yeah, not like, yeah, involuntarily like closing their legs around my head yeah. so that I like stop. So, so I've gotten better at some aspects of sex, but I am still very much afraid of it to a certain degree. Like I still have very little confidence in it, I guess I should say. So I basically went from being a virgin to going to orgies. Like that was like the trajectory. My so, man. so the woman who I lost my virginity to wasn't a polyamorous relationship. And of course, as I was doing research for V card, I was doing a lot of sexuality research at that point. So I was finding out about swinging. I was finding out about poly. So at that point, I, I used to like to say as I was making a V card I was like the most knowledgeable person about sex who hadn't had it yet, right? Like I'm doing as much research as I can to be a more developed person when it comes to sexuality and mm-hmm. trying to be uh, present when I'm there and all that good stuff. So luckily, the woman who I lo- lost it with was like, well, do you want to go to a party? I was like, yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. Because. Once again, because I had had all this knowledge and research, all these things were – they seemed like options at that point, right? Like they weren't scary or weird. There were things that I would like to try and if I had a partner who was willing to go with me, it would be fun to do. And that's kind of how it happened. So making VCard allowed me to meet a lot of people who were in alternative lifestyles, whether they be swinging, polyamorous, relationship anarchists. Um, all of those things kind of came into my life and I started seeing that like one – I always knew monogamy was not necessarily the only way that people had to be in a relationship. Mm. But I also started discovering that I think that this might work better for me as a person, especially as somebody who is just getting to experience their sexuality, right? Like, at 25, I had a lot of pent-up sexual, like, angst that I still needed to work through and wanted to work through. But then this other aspect came into it where it was like, I make movies and I'm also not a very like sedentary person. I move around all the time. In the past five years, I've lived in five different places uh, in and around the country. So it gets very difficult sometimes to, have a relationship, right? Because at the end of the day, I know that I'm not in a place long enough to really be like, you should commit to me. (laughs) Like I'm going to be around. And I'm not saying that you need to commit to me, right? Like that's the whole thing about having these alternate lifestyles is that you can have sexual dalliances and things with people in and outside of a normal confined relationship structure. But I also find that kind of with my body type and me as a person that necessarily doesn't really work for me. Um, and I would say, even for a good example, uh, we can talk about any, plenty of the other sex parties and stuff like that. But most recently, just this past Sunday.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you how the party I skipped for football went. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you wear?
0: I just wore the best stuff that I could. You what, know? Hey, but
1: what's like best stuff? Not, you're not wearing a suit.
0: No, I, I wore some really nice black pants, a really cool shirt, and like mm-hmm. a nice overshirt. To, but you didn't you didn't you didn't
1: go like a sexy outfit no i didn't
0: have a sexy outfit on can me. i give
1: a recommendation that like has like changed my mind about how like i'm gonna dress for sex parties with the sure. body that like i can i have a complicated relationship with but body stockings interesting because it turned it like i went with my friend lucy moon to a play party a couple months ago and and she's like a tiny little hottie right like mm. makes porn thing right like she's <laughs> stunning and I got stopped so many times about how much people, how hot people thought I looked or how much they loved my outfit. My body was hidden, but not like it was hidden by the pattern, yet it's basically on full display. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was okay. cool and I, I was and there's a little hole in the crotch. So people are like, oh my God, there's a hole in the crotch. Bah, 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 bah.
0: <laughs> I will try and consider that. I will admit, like for the listeners who And don't, for
1: as a curvy gentleman, I feel like it, if you find a, a pattern that you like, I think
0: I think I need to find one that thing. will fit me as the no, bigger no, but they one. make
1: them like that. A lot of them one size fits all. They do have ones that like just jump up to the, like You know, extras, sizes. Yeah, we should. I was looking for.
0: We should say for the listeners, I am six foot four (laughs) and uh, I just like recently passed 400 pounds, although I don't look it. I kind of do. And it's one of those things where, much like you, I've always had an issue with my body, right? I am always uh, hyper conscious of it now and even more conscious of it now because I. I understand that with my physique and just my overall demeanor, I could be very intimidating, mm-hmm. especially to the fairer sex where it's just one of those things where I never want you to be afraid of me. Yeah. And I'm very conscious of that. Cause you could be a bouncer or a comic book shop owner. Correct. Absolutely. You don't know. I could be, I could be a neo-Nazi with this shaved fucking head and red beard. You don't fucking know. Um, so I'm always like hyper aware whenever I'm in a room that I'm one, probably going to be the biggest person in the room Mm. at any given time. And that was very true about this Hacienda party. I was at least four inches taller than everybody that was there. Um, And the crazy thing is, although these communities are built on body positivity and stuff like that, you can't deny that there is still a certain level of attractiveness, like hierarchy in Mm. these environments. And it's not anybody's fault, and it's not a thing that I I am not used to, but it can be very discouraging, right? Like, So I was there, yeah. um, and I sadly didn't get to play at this party. I, I really right. wanted to, but it just wasn't in the cards, and that's okay. Um, but there were other men there who were, of course, maybe in better shape and other things, and they got to play with like four or five people. Yeah. And it's like, well... Obviously, Kenneth is not the
1: standard, Dylan. No, but it wasn't just Kenneth. It was
0: like Q and a couple of other. So it's one of those things where it's like, I understand that I I need to do more work on me. Right. I get it. And I need to be more confident and have more of these things. Um, And it's not and it's not about like a game. Right. Like, it's not about scoring points. But if it was, there are certainly people who are winning more than I am. Sure. I've been, I've been relatively lucky. I've been to a bunch of sex parties now. Mm. I've been to different communities, both in New York and Denver and New Mexico. And I have to say, the community I do genuinely love, but I also feel detached from as well. I, I don't necessarily know. There's a part of you that obviously is in these environments because you want to be there, but I do predominantly leave most play parties very self-conscious and very sad because Aww. I feel very alone at them. And it's not because I'm not interacting with people or having a good time, but I am normally not being picked to be a part of the play. Mm. And I'm not saying that I'm owed that. I'm not yeah, I'm not owed yeah. anything like that. But I will admit that it hurts to see other people living the life that you want to live and feeling like your outer shell could be affecting that. And it also could be my inner shell as well. Right. Maybe I'm not coming off as confident. Maybe Mm. I'm being too uh, kind and nice. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm always trying to make sure is, as I said before, I don't want to intimidate you. I don't want to make you afraid of this. I don't want to do that. And I'm the more that I've learned about my sexuality is I run pretty sapiosexual. So that, I need emotional connection and I need intelligence to kind of really feel like I'm getting there. And more than anything, I need to feel like I'm being seen and accepted. Mm. And sadly, I don't ever really feel like that's happening. I don't, I, I've always felt in play parties, like people are like, Oh, Dylan's really funny and he's really nice, but he's not sexual. I I don't want to have sex with him. Mm. I think that he's a cool person, but he's not what I, what I want right now. I get that. And it's, it's fine, right? Like, I would get that too. If you're at a sex party and you're presented with what society tells you is this beautiful version of a person, and they are a beautiful version mm-hmm. of a person, and then you're presented with somebody with like me who's a little awkward and a little heavy, and I wouldn't expect you to pick me either. And that makes me sad. So why do you go? I think I'm going to stop going for a little while, actually, yeah. this this past party really put me back on my heels because I, I was almost crying by the time I, I left the Buddy. party. No, it's fine. It's You could have come over, hung out with me.
1: <laughs> watch some football. Yeah, watch the Browns lose in the last minute, you know?
0: <laughs> it was one of those things that I've done a lot of work on myself. I, I've grown tremendously through making V-Card and, and doing these things, but I still feel very much like the last kid picked for a kickball every mm-hmm. time I go to a party the The periods between me having sex are very long. Like after my first encounter, I didn't have sex again uh, for like two years. And then I didn't have sex again for like another three years.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's really difficult to be with that. It, once you flipped that switch, right? Like it was almost easier in some ways to be a virgin when you look at it because right. you, you hadn't had that experience yet. You hadn't known what it feels like to be in that pleasure. And now I'm very much I'm definitely very lonely, but I'm also like starved for touch, right? Like you don't realize how badly you need it until you get it and then you get it and then you realize that like, oh, this might not happen for a really long time. And that's that's really hard.
1: I was about to bring up an example that you can't relate to. I would be like, and then you like go to get a haircut and the guy's just like pulling little parts of the hair
0: snip. And I'm, Oh wait, you don't
1: get that. But it's like that little touch. You go like, Oh my God, like I'm just starving for it. Cause this man I've been seeing from Armenia for 10 years, just like just grab my hair a little bit. I was like, Oh my God, buddy, do it again. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's,
0: it's one of those things that we're not talking about this and I, And a lot of men are suffering from this as well. Mm -hmm. Like I saw one of the saddest things on TikTok I'd ever seen a couple of days ago where the question was like, what makes men like hurt or like, why don't men express their feelings? And it's like, there were so many replies of like people just don't care. They don't care that I'm in pain. Like, who am I going to talk to about this? Mm-hmm. Who who cares that I'm not getting touched? But like, you right? talk
1: to you. Talk to me. You talk to a, I mean, it doesn't have to be with a mic. You could have called me. No, it's no, like yeah. You, you talk to you talk to friends. You talk I, to other
0: men. I'm saying that yeah. I'm lucky enough to have that connection. Good. Good. For a lot of men, they don't. But that's what that's. And I didn't mean it necessarily just to you, but like the idea is one would speak to. Other men, one would hope. Right. But at the end of the day, we have taught men so consistently throughout history that if they have emotions, they need to lock that shit down. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling sad, you bury it. If you're feeling alone, you just deal with it. And that's our fault as a society right we did that to us that's one of the awful things of the patriarchy right like the patriarchy affects all of us and that's one of the many downsides of it for men that we feel like we're completely alone in our emotional space i don't necessarily want to burden people with my but it's not a burden because if they're
1: friends and care about you then they want to be there for you when you're struggling
0: i completely agree with that to a certain point but you can't you can't always be like Every day, like yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, you can't do it every <laughs> yeah, day. But yeah, it's like
1: yeah. it, you know, it, it's not about like releasing it every day. The spigot doesn't have to be wide open all the time, but like you need to be able to open that spigot and you can close it back up when it's appropriate. But like you need to be able to open it and let let stuff out periodically.
0: do. So I'm staying with some friends in a story, and I I got back to the apartment. They're like, "How was the how was the party?" And I let loose. I was just <laughs> like, "I feel very sad. I'm really in my emotions right now." It like it hurts to see also let's be 100% on Hacienda was filled with very attractive people. Hacienda is filled with a lot of
1: conventionally attractive people. I have also seen people who have like different looks and body types
0: fucking get in it. That's true. I, I will say that I am I know but that... like,
1: yes, it has a lot of people who, like, have gym memberships. It yeah, definitely,
0: it was, yeah, it was... Most of the parties I've been to is definitely a... There's a wider gamut of body types. Yeah. I do have to say that the party I went to, there was a couple of maybe, like, bigger women to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but they were getting plenty of attention and love. But for the rest of it, they were all, like... Yeah, you're right. They're very conventionally attractive people who went to the gym and, like, took care of themselves. And, like... That can be like intimidating, yeah. right? Like, you're like, all right, how am I gonna approach you? Like, let's do this. You're obviously a person, you've got feelings and emotions, as do I. Let's fucking get into this. And also, it, like, I, I approached three different people to play with, and each one of them was a rejection for a different reason. Mm-hmm. One of the women was, I'm only here for female contact today. And I was like, totally cool. Fucking you do you. That's great. The second one was just like, I'm not in the mood uh, right now for you. But I, I think you're cool. Maybe is that if,
1: how she like phrase, words it phrases it? Yeah,
0: she was just like I'm. Uh, I don't know you that well. Maybe if I get to know you a little bit better, that would be fine. And I was mm. like, of course, absolutely. I'm a brand new person in your life. Totally makes sense. And then the third one was just like I've already played today, and I'm I am tired. My cup is not full for that activity. Sure. So it's like all valid reasons. Totally fine. But it is still three subsequent rejections right so at a certain point you're just kind of like okay well i think my cup isn't full anymore because i've just been rejected by three people Mm -hmm. uh i'm feeling very conscious because i'm watching people do the thing that i want to do but am excluded from not that i'm excluded because it's just like as much as seeing people fuck in real life is really fun at a certain point, you're like, man, it would be really fucking cool to be over there doing it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I did have a good time. Okay. But the hurt of yeah. not being accepted will outweigh that. I'm no. not going to say that Has- that's not Hacienda's fault. That's yeah. my own internal stuff that I'm working through. And also... Just a month before I was in Denver and also went to a sex party where I was once again rejected by multiple people. So this is like a, a thing. And of course, then there's like just the rejection of dating nowadays, sure. because dating has become even more difficult amid the pandemic. And I was never good at it in the fucking first place. Right. Mm. Like it's so now I, I, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I've done all this work to become a more complete version of myself and to become a more conscious version of myself And it still doesn't seem to be yielding any of the results that I was hoping it was going to yield. So what next? I don't know. Yeah. I think I just, I definitely think that I'm going to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. And for everybody out there who's like, that's, you're perfect the way you are, body positivity, I agree with all of that. I do think that I am attractive to a degree, but I will also admit that I want to fuck people. And I want to fuck people who are maybe in the most awful term out of my league, even though leagues don't like exist. I fucking get it. At a certain point, you do have to look around and go, well, if somebody who looks like that is getting to have sex with three or four or five people and I don't get to have sex with anyone, what are they doing differently? Is it their confidence? Sure. Potentially. Is it also them just being very sexy? Yeah. I think that also plays into it. Well, not for nothing. Like you lose a hundred pounds. You're still six foot
1: four, 300. So it's like, it's yeah. not, th- it doesn't even have to be about like, you have to look a certain way. It's more like you will feel just, you will just feel great. Yeah. Being like, I lost a hundred pounds. You'll still look. You'll still be a big dude. Yeah, I'll still, I'm always and going to be, be like, a, big a big And you'll be like, I'm a big dude who just lost a hundred pounds. Right now, I'm a hot piece of ass. Yeah. And if we can get you just in the right
0: fetish wear, I feel like you'd fucking be crushing. It. I think so. And I, that's the other thing. I don't feel very confident right now. Yeah. I don't really feel very attractive right now. Yeah. I don't feel very loved. And of course, that's going to play into your subconscious and that's going to play into your consciousness, even in general. And con- confidence has a lot to do with it as well. I think. I'm always primed for rejection, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's my default.
1: That's what life has been for you. Yeah,
0: I am just everly abundantly aware that I am going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just my baseline. So in the opportunities where I have gotten to have sex with people, and I've been very lucky. Like I said, I lost my virginity, and I have been to play parties where I played with people. And yeah. I, my most recent sexual encounter was in January with a woman who was conventionally if you're talking about looks completely out of my league but she loved me for my personality and she thought so there is hope out there Mm. but there's also a certain level of what do i need to do to make myself better and i want to lose weight now not just so that i'm more fuckable but so that i'm healthier and that i'm happier and that i have more confidence in who i am as a person so that's kind of where I am now. And as for dating in general, that is, I don't know. I am really, really depressed with dating currently. Yeah. It is is—it is an exhausting, never-ending nightmare kind of to me. Because its I'm trying so hard to find people that I can connect with on a deeper level. And in many ways, it feels like most of these applications are designed to be the reverse of that. It is to be the most superficial, shallow, awful way of meeting people and i don't know how to break it because the weird thing is like i don't necessarily know if i can go up to people in a bar anymore i guess you could but with covid and everything that's happened it feels very unnatural to be like hey how are you do you mind me being this close (laughs) you know and at the end of the day like whether it be bumble or tinder and i could potentially be doing them wrong i I admittedly do kind of like swipe right on most things because i'm just I hate being on them, and I just want to be off of them as quickly as possible. Then be off of them. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've deleted them. But it, it o- that feels like one of the only ways to find, like, singles in your area. And I don't necessarily know how else i do it. I guess I could join more groups. If you're at a bookstore and someone's
1: holding a book that you fucking love, like, it's okay to be like, oh, that's a great fucking book. And the interaction might stop there. Or they may stop and be like, no one fucking loves this book. This guy loves this book. Let me – wait, why do you love this book? I thought it was the only one.
0: I think – Be absolutely correct. And I think one of my biggest things that I am conscious of, but I still have very big issues with, so that's probably why I need to go to more therapy, is I don't necessarily self-sabotage, but I am, like you said, yeah, if somebody's at a bar, they're clearly there, and you could approach them. But I get so worried, like, am I going to scare them? Am I going to do... like No, because it's a bar. My experience has been... I did not have
1: the confidence to do that till I just had confidence in myself. So only in the last few years do I feel like I couldn't just like say something to a stranger and like, hey, if I think they're a spark happening, cool. If not, I do leave them be and I, I let it be as simple as that book's fucking great. I hope you dig it. Sometimes that leads to more. Sometimes it's just that. But I've never yeah. been confident enough to even start that conversation. Uh, until I fucking loved me more. So well, I think that like doing the therapy and maybe like working on the, the physical health is that'll help you get confident enough to make those moves. And it's not even a move. It's just saying hi.
0: Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do, I'm, I'm planning on doing that when I get back home. Like being on the road this long has been exhausting and very eye-opening. And it's also one of those things where uh, I I'm afraid of women to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Like they're very frightening. Like in the sense that they have a lot of sway over like my emotional health right Mm -hmm. like to a certain degree like nobody likes rejection and i think it hits harder sometimes for people who have been rejected a lot i also am hyper aware that like we do live in a time where like me too has happened and sexual assault is a thing and all these other things so i'm like trying to be hyper vigilant that i'm not this creepy guy who's like hey, mama, what's up? Mm-hmm. How you doing? Like, what's all I mean, this? that's not your opener,
1: is it? No, okay, of course good. Then not. You're, then you're doing great so far. Yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, but I'm also- Everybody, listen, don't say that.
0: Yeah, I'm also <laughs> hyper aware of my body and who I am and that, yes, most women I meet are much smaller than I am mm-hmm. and that I am intimidating and that all of those things can play into it. So that makes me kind of, I'm normally, you know me, I'm normally pretty boisterous, Loud, funny, yeah. do what I can, and for whatever reason, when I when I approach predominantly female spaces or even women who I don't know, I try and be less of that because I'm afraid it's going to scare them. And I'm also I, as I said before, I'm hyper aware that I don't want to be the creepy guy. Mm-hmm. I never want to be that person ever. It's hard. It's just hard. Women sca- like scare me. They like make me nervous. It sounds like they make you. Correct me
1: if I'm wrong. It sounds like they make you nervous. Because you don't want to make them nervous?
0: Yes. I I don't want to make them nervous, and I don't want... It sounds
1: like you're nervous of doing a bad thing. Correct.
0: By accident, unknowingly. Yeah, unknowingly, like, saying something wrong or doing something wrong, and then it turning into, like, this, why did you say that? What does that mean? And all of a sudden, now there's all these people
1: yelling at you that don't exist.
0: Correct. Yeah. There's, like, this weird forced thing where it's, like... God forbid you say something wrong. And I don't even really have a Twitter following, but like that's my biggest fear in the world right now is that I somehow say or do something that triggers this nameless, faceless mob that decides that I need to stop being in this space. And that scares the shit out of me, especially as a person who's like trying to make movies and be in a space. I don't necessarily believe in cancel culture, but I do definitely believe that there is a certain level of, Hatred and vitriol that people like to throw on the internet for some reason because <laughs> yeah. they're behind a screen and they can kind of like decide who is going to be t- you know Twitter's villain of the day, and that scares the shit out of me. It's uh, but that that also plays into like relationship dynamics now, right? Like once again, don't want to be the creepy guy, don't want to be somebody who says the wrong thing, and I think in many ways that's stifling me from being the person I am because I'm just constantly in my head being like, all right, is this acceptable? What are their pronouns? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what like like all of the extra minutiae that has to go into not being an asshole.
1: There are probably a lot of women listening right now thinking like, bro, get over that. Like you're not, it's, you're going to be all right. When it comes to the tour stuff, you gotta, we get, we all have to get over that. But in terms of the, the whole, like, don't want to be the creepy guy. Don't want to make someone uncomfortable. Something that helped me a couple years ago or two, three years ago was like just accepting and realizing you know what? I am part good guy and part bad guy always simultaneously. I will at some point say something or do something that makes someone uncomfortable. Hopefully it's unknowingly. Um, at some point I might accidentally be the creepy guy. Mm. And it's about how we respond to, we don't have to say cancels, call outs. How about just like someone pointing it out or dare we say even criticism? It's yeah. like how we respond to it will say way more about you than whatever the thing itself is. And and you're right when you say like the, the being. T- it's good to be conscious of it, but it sounds like you're scared and terrified of it. Oh I, I have felt that way, too. No, and it just stifles you. It yeah. prevents people from seeing Dylan because Dylan's not being Dylan. Dylan is just trying to make sure I don't cause waves. Cause a few waves. You're not going to cause a harm yeah. if you go up to someone at a bar and say like, "Hi, I'm Dylan. Um, I saw, I thought I saw you from across the bar. You're really cute. What's the your funny? Name?
0: The crazy thing. The funny thing is that you're probably absolutely right. And most people who are in these anxiety, I know I'm fucking right. My yeah. name's Billy <laughs> Persita.
1: Also, people have been telling when I was being more self, when I was th- when I was more terrified of the same things you're sharing. That's what everyone was telling me, and until like I saw it play out until so I saw myself like hailing someone at a bar and then like they weren't interested but also the world didn't end i didn't like harm the person they just like rejected you know it was like a no or like no and but it's fine nothing happened yeah the world didn't end Yeah, and i was like oh my god all those endless numbers of um teachers older kids um friends whomever who said it every youtube video that was trying to be inspirational for those who are insecure yeah they were right every time But you don't realize it until you got you I, I didn't realize it until I actually went and took the leap of faith and tried it. And when I saw that, like, you know, the world didn't and and I also didn't cause like irreparable harm to anybody. You know, someone just I, I maybe made you know somebody uh, had an unpleasant twenty seconds being spoken to by a stranger, no. it was okay. It is okay. like and that's the thing like I'm logic- like the fact that you're thinking about it and this is the other thing people told me the fact that you're even thinking of this stuff means you're you're not going to hurt somebody because you're already conscious of it. But if you're being terrified of it, you're stifling yourself.
0: No, and that's that's the whole thing. It's like so I'm trying to break myself out of that and maybe I probably need to do like I said before therapy's good. Like I, I have been self-therapizing myself for a very long time and I definitely know I've grown a lot as a person, but I definitely think now I've hit some barriers that I can't work through by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I should do something. I actually would really love to see um, like a, a sex, not therapist, like uh, like a sex surrogate, like somebody who can kind of walk me through feeling more okay not only with my body but like female energy mm-hmm. to a certain degree i mean i know it may not be a, surrogates are a little more difficult to
1: come by but like honestly i think if you find the right sex worker that person i think if you approach and say hey here's what i'm struggling with are these you know i'm looking for someone to see could is this something like you might be help with you know I think you can find the right tender sex worker who would be able to really work those things through you with you. Because if you talk to a lot of escorts, a lot of them will say that so much of their job is, like, kind of doing therapy. Well, I've talked and to, a to a plenty of sound. escorts. Yeah, right. but like,
0: nine times out of ten, I mean, this is funny for strip clubs, too. You're not going there because you want to see some tits. You're going there because you want to be touched mm-hmm. and seen and acknowledged. And that's one of the things I've been saying a lot, especially um, – When it comes to like, when people are like, what do you want in a relationship? And I'm like, I want to be seen. And and they're like, what does that mean? I was like, I don't think anybody, I've never had an experience where somebody picked me, right? I've been in sexual situations with people that I initiated and that I turned into something through my own like gumption and will. But I've never had a woman go, you, I want you. I see you and I want more of that. And I so desperately want that. I want to be the pretty one in the room, right? Like, don't you, like, I don't think these dudes realize how amazing they have it, right? Like Kenneth or any of these other people who at this party who were chosen, right? Like I, one dude was literally had two women who were just like, you, we're doing this today. Like, I don't care if you fuck her first or fuck me first, but we're both having you. And a little part of me was like, oh, good for them. And then another part of me was like, "Ooh, boy, that really hurts. <laughs> like, it's like that's never happened for me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I don't have a, a time in my life where that's ever happened. I've always been the one to initiate and then finally have some sexual situation happen because I was the one pushing all of the right buttons in that moment. It would be so validating. To have somebody who I'm attracted to go, yeah, I want you. I want you badly. Like, let's do this.
1: That's going to happen. Fingers
0: crossed. But you, I'm sure you felt that way too, right? Like, I, I'm, It's
1: wrenching because I felt that way. And yeah. it wasn't like forever ago that i felt that way yeah you know so i i fucking get that i get wanting to be at the party i get wanting someone to pick me without me having to be funny and interesting and smart and stuff like for once could someone like pick me because they thought i was hot and then they find out like how funny i am
0: right yes that's absolutely right like exactly it's like to be the pretty one in somebody's eyes would be oh god i don't even know what it feels like it's an emotion i have never experienced. And that's the same thing when it comes to relationships. I've never been in a relationship. And that kind of scares me to a certain degree, because I'm 30 now. And I, everybody I know, everybody I know, has been in multiple relationships in their lives. has, Mm. And are now, most of them are in serious relationships that are probably going to end in some form of marriage or ethical non-monogamy long-term. And they have partners. And I don't have that. I don't even know what that looks like. And a part of me is really worried that Because I haven't gone through the years of being in a relationship, breaking up with someone, going through that emotional pain, physically understanding it, moving on to another person, finding about that other person, making them feel good, like I'm worried that when I do eventually meet my person, right – Like, I'm going to be so awkward and weird in the early stages of the relationship. They might be like, I don't, I don't trust you. It's weird. Like you, you don't know what you're doing. And obviously, once again, that's probably a a depressive, self-fulfilling, self-defeating way of looking at it, right? Because if the person does want you, they'll look past some of those faults, especially if you're doing the bedrock communication that all good relationships have where you're expressing your feelings and expressing your wants and needs and your fears to another partner. But I don't know. It's so easy being alone, but it's also so difficult. (laughs) It's a very weird way. So I'm very glad to be in the lifestyle. It's opened me up to so many different things, but it has also isolated me more. It's made me feel more self-conscious. It's made me uh, definitely tackle different forms of depression than I thought it would. Um, But at the end of the day, it all does just kind of come down to, yeah, I want to be seen. I want people to accept me for the person that I am. And I thought that would be easier. I mean, I'm pretty cool not to toot my own horn. Like I'm a documentary filmmaker who's traveled the world to a certain degree and has done a lot of cool shit in his life. And I sadly don't feel like anybody has ever really cared about that. I didn't even get complimented at the party. That was, I got one compliment on my tattoos and that was Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, damn, I'm very glad that I've done all of this work, but I'm still in a place where I don't funnily enough. I'm very much in the same place. I was at the end of V card, Mm. a better person of a more understanding person, but I'm still a person who is riddled with self doubt and worry and a fear of women that I'm trying to get over. But honestly, at the end of the day, women haven't been super nice to me. They're not a monolith. And they don't, does, they don't need to be nice to me, right? Like, I'm not owed anybody's kindness or care or respect. But at the end of the day, my interactions with women normally lead to me feeling inferior in some way. And I don't know if that's my fault. It's probably nobody's fault. We probably shouldn't even assign blame in any way, shape, or form. But like I said, my, my default is rejection. And my default with most women, who of course are individuals and not a monolith, has always just been like, he's fine. But I have no other feelings about him. So it's like, well, okay.
1: I feel like I feel like yeah, I feel like all the women were with you until you said like the very last until that and then they were like, you need to get the therapy.
0: No, I'm going to go to therapy.
1: <laughs> I'm and I'm glad about that. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. <laughs> hey, Dylan, if uh one, um, do you feel like you have like at least ten minutes talking about the new doc that you that, that we haven't really gotten into. Oh like, yeah, we haven't even talked about the
0: other documentary. Okay, okay, okay. Right So <laughs> we'll do
1: that as a, we're gonna do it as a bonus. Dylan, I, I hope someone picks you sooner than later. Thank I you. think you are very pickable. <laughs> Thanks. So are you, Billy? <laughs> oh,
0: gosh, um, Dylan.
1: Where can you know? We're gonna do a little bonus episode talking about the new documentary that um, I'm, uh, you know, I may or may not get cut out of. And uh, but <laughs> well, for now, where
0: <laughs> I would say before we do the bonus, I should say so. The whole reason that I'm in New York right now, even talking to Billy, is I'm in the process of making my second feature length film. Uh, my first feature length film was about virginity, of course, mm-hmm. which we talked about, and. After losing my virginity, I discovered the lifestyle in a much more heavy way. And I was like, that would make a perfect follow-up to the film that I've already created. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. It's called More Than Monogamy. We'll talk about it more in the bonus. But if if anything that I've said sounds interesting and you are a person who is interested in the lifestyle, especially if you're a new person in the lifestyle, I'm making the documentary specifically for you for that purpose. Like mm-hmm. When you first get into these, there are so many fucking terms and acronyms and groups of people that you have to start fucking identifying with that it's so intimidating right like and that's what i wanted to make a documentary about i wanted to make a documentary that explores why monogamy became the thing that we know and how swinging polyamory bdsm and kink is a completely acceptable way to live your life as well and kind of give you more of a historical and educational context for it And Dylan, if people want to stay up to date with your work, where can they go follow
1: you? Where can they find you? And where can they see vCard?
0: So vCard currently isn't available on, it used to be available on Amazon and iTunes, but it's not available there. It's going to be back up on my website at vCardFilm.com. Um, And you'll be able to rent and download it there. I had some issues with my distributor. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So now I'm going to be selling the movie. Hollywood, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm going to be selling the movie directly uh, through my website. And then if you want to find out more about my second film, it's at www.morethanmonogamy.com. And then if you want to find out anything about any of the other projects I've worked on or made throughout the years, uh, you can go to uh, allthebirdsllc.com. And that's where all my work is. And you can follow me at all the birds on any of uh, the social media apps so Twitter, Instagram, TikTok I'm always at all the birds those are my handles.
1: Thank you Dylan well uh, Patreon people $5 and up folks you're going to hear this bonus episode tomorrow but for now Dylan why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody.
0: Thank you so much for having me on Billy I can't believe this is our third time and you know what? you've known me for like fucking six, six, six seven six, years yeah. now this is crazy yeah man. You met me when I was like 23 and a virgin <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, my bonus episode with Dylan Birdsall is coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. Uh, all my $5 and up fan horrors you'll get that in your inboxes tomorrow. And if you want to hear that bonus episode as well as over 200 others, become a member today at patreon.com slash Podcast. No, you can't search me in the app because I'm adult content. You got to type it out, but then I'll show up in the app after your pledge. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, folks, I'd love to know what you thought about this week's episode and your fellow fan whores would love to know too. Introduce yourself in the champagne room. Introduce yourself today at manhorpodcom discord. If you want to send me an email with your comments, your questions, your titty pictures, your criticisms, you can send any and all of that over to manhorpod at gmail.com. Want to hear your very own voice asking your very own question or giving me some shit yourself? Leave us a voicemail under five minutes at 646-580-1351. All of that information will be in the show notes. But that, that phone number is not like a dirty talk hotline, so please don't. Whisper all your seductive stories. There's a better place for that, and it's called OnlyFans. Mm. Any and all of you, any gender, any orientation, come flirt for me on OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com/slash. Call me Billy. Uh, wish me luck. I am meeting my girlfriend's brother this week. We're all doing dinner together. And then she wants to smoke together afterwards. I was like, "Do you have any idea how hard it is for me to get your brother to like me, just period?" And now you want to make me do it with a handicap. So I really could use all. Yeah, I said there's a girlfriend. I'll I'll tell you all about her sometime. For now, I uh, I I gotta go do a bukkake in Rockland County. Be kind to each other. Stay slutty.